0: Well hello and welcome once again to the Magic Time Podcast. I'm Scott Squires and what an opening week it has been for the Moncton Magic, the hottest team in the National Basketball League of Canada, fresh off a two-game sweep of their trip over to St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador against the edge. And here to talk a little bit about that and to look ahead to this coming weekend is the head coach of the Moncton Magic, Joe Salerno. Hi, doing, coach. Hey, Scott. I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing fantastic. So uh, before we talk about uh, the two games versus the edge at Mile One Center in St. John's, uh, how was the trip overall over to the Rock? Because I know it's something that uh, folks who have been there before look forward to, and those who have never been are kind of uh, anxious about it and looking forward to it. So how was it? Uh,
1: It was great. It It was a great trip. Again, you know, that was my second time over to St. John's and, and, both, both experiences have just been outstanding when it comes to, you know, just the hospitality and, and the people that you need. And, uh, you know, obviously the atmosphere at, at mile one center and, uh, no, it was, it was a great trip and, you know, to, to play well enough to get two wins over there. Um, you know, it, it certainly was, was the icing on the cake. Um, but it was, it was outstanding. Very good trip all the way around.
0: Well, you mentioned uh, Mile 1 Center, the atmosphere, taking on the St. John's Edge. Last year, in the inaugural season for the Edge, uh, Mile 1 Center proved to be a very difficult place for visitors and opponents of the Edge, and uh, you guys accomplished something that hadn't been done prior, and that was going over to St. John's and taking both ends of the double in a weekend series. Uh, I'm sure that was the plan going over, but how good did it feel to get two for two in St.
1: John's it felt really good I mean it it really did and and to me I was what felt so good was in the nature of which we did it um you know just having so many different guys contribute again and it's kind of becoming a common theme uh amongst our team that on any given night any guy can can come up pretty big for us uh but it felt great and you know yeah the, the rock it's a very tough place to play and you know, we knew going over there on their opening night on a Friday evening at, at Mile One, and um, it was just such a great buzz in the city of St. John's about about the Edge because of a successful first season, and um, we knew it was going to be kind of a raucous crowd and, and, and atmosphere. But I mean, it was it was bigger and louder than than I had even anticipated. You know, I mean, I think the I think there was just under well, there was just over six thousand fans there opening night. Um, and again, you know, the music, the hype, the the energy in the building was, was pretty, um, it was pretty overwhelming. And, you know, our guys just, they handled it so well and they just played, uh, you know, very tough and mentally tough. And so, I mean, it was great to be the first team to go over there and get a sweep on the rock. Um, you know, it's a, it's a nice little, little accomplishment that, uh, you know, we were proud to do.
0: A lot of times when you watch boxing, I like to make the boxing analogies, Coach, but when you get two prize fighters that both have reputations and both are expecting to win, sometimes it takes them a couple of rounds to feel each other out and to kind of uh, get into a rhythm before the punches really start to fly. That first half of that first game, it was... Well, anything but high scoring. I think you guys combined, both teams combined for 70 points after the first half, 35-35. It was pretty defensive. There were some uh, unforced errors. There was a little bit of sloppy ball, not in a terrible way, but it just seemed both teams were kind of feeling each other out and getting into a rhythm. How did you see the first half of that first game?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think after I watched it, I felt, you know, a little more of the lines that it, it seemed as if, You know, there maybe were little nerves on the edge parts, you know, being their home opener and being in in front of a big crowd. uh, I think that's normal. Uh, I think you take that and you combine it with – I mean, I I thought both teams were actually playing defensively pretty well. Uh, And then, you know, open shots were tough to come by. And when both teams got those open shots in the first half, they weren't knocking them down. So I think it was just a a combination of of all those type of things. Um, But, you know, I mean – like I said, you know, always. I mean, in this league, teams can play very well defensively at times with the, the level of athletes that we have. And and when you when you are knocking down open shots, if you can look for you know a sloppier game, uh, I think it was just a combination of a
0: lot of things in that first half. It's okay. always important, coach, for teams to be able to win different ways. And I know it's only five games into the regular season, but so far the Moncton Magic have shown the ability to win very different styles of games, you know, versus Halifax, more of a wide-open offensive style. You, had, you kind of had that crash and bang against uh, Cape Breton, where it was real trench warfare, especially in the second half. And then in St. John's, a couple of very different games. How do you feel about this team's ability, at least right now, to be able to win seemingly so many different styles of game?
1: I feel very good about it. I think um, the, the team is showing me that they're you know we're more more versatile than than I had thought, uh, and I mean more so that on the, on the defensive end where, uh, you know we we've shown we can play a physical style like you said with Kate Breton, uh, you know the edge they, they just went extremely small. Uh, I mean they were playing four if not five guards at some points over the two games this weekend, and I think we showed the capability to you know kind of stay big for the most part. Uh, but, you know, adjust and, and still be able to defend a smaller lineup. And, um, you know, guys like, like Denzel Taylor and, and Billy, uh, and even like Eddie, you know, Asamo played a little bit in the second game over there. Um, Wayne McCullough defending some bigger guys. Like, it's just, it's a, a very versatile group, more so than, than I anticipated. So I think any coach would would feel good that, you know, we have shown a couple different ways to, to win games.
0: One thing that really stood out in that first half of that first game, even though it was a low-scoring one, was just how dominant the Moncton Magic were on the glass at both ends of the floor, and it really seemed to frustrate the St. John's edge. What was the discussion like in the huddles? What were you guys talking about in terms of just how dominant it appeared that you guys were on the boards?
1: Well, I mean, it didn't, It didn't. in the course of the game, it didn't feel like we were, we were dominating anything. I knew we were doing a pretty good job on the glass. I mean one thing that we just kept talking about in every time out, every huddle is, you know, the edge is a, a, a good offensive team, you know, that can certainly get hot. You know, you saw that in their, their road win against Windsor before they played us, you know, they, they shoot the three so well, and it's such a big part of their game, <clears throat> you know, limiting them to one shot uh, was something that we just stress constantly. They're, they have to be one and done, you know, on the road, you can't give good offensive teams second and third chance opportunities to score the basketball. So you know, I thought we did a pretty good job of, of again, you know, limiting them to one shot, you know, each time down the floor for the most part. So uh, it was a, a big point of emphasis for us going into the uh, the weekend, and uh, you know, I thought the guys did a pretty good job of, of executing. it.
0: Obviously, the goal was to go over and get a sweep and take two games, but the first thing you got to do to do that is win game one. Once you took game one, 95-91. How different was the mood of the team on Sunday in terms of maybe exhaling a little bit, maybe being more relaxed, but how different was the mood for the team going into game two, knowing that you'd already taken game one?
1: You know, it was, it was a little different, but in a good way. Uh, I don't think we exhaled at all. I think all the guys understood that we had to be even that much more focused in game two. Um, again, they're such a good three-point shooting team. They can put four, if not five, shooters on the floor almost whenever, you know, us defending the three-point line and again limiting them to one shot uh, it was something we just we had to do. And I thought the guys were very focused on Sunday. They knew, you know, no one likes to drop a home opener, uh, especially in front of a crowd like that. So we knew that we had maybe kind of you know stirred up the the bee's nest a little bit here, and, and they were going to be that much tougher on on Sunday. So I was just I was very pleased and kind of pleasantly surprised that the guys seemed even more focused and dialed in on Sunday. Uh, knowing it would be that much more difficult to win game two.
0: You talk about just how versatile and balanced this team is, and the statistics bear that out, Coach. In uh, game one, you had five players scoring double digits. Three of those players were off the bench. And in the second game, you had six players in double digits, and all starters were in double digits in scoring. Uh, That second game was 112-100. How comforting is it? I mean, this might be the obvious question, but really, you know, how comforting is it right now to know that you've got such balanced scoring and so many guys that you can put on the floor at almost any time and they're going to get the job done?
1: I mean, it's comforting. I mean, you, you certainly you, – you kind of saw a similar trend, you know, five or six guys in double figures through our first three games, and you kind of thought to yourself, okay, well, this is nice, but, you know, how long can we kind of keep this up or is this – you know, our, our guy's kind of playing a little out of their mind here to start the season. But then when you see it, you know, for five games now, um, you start kind of really feeling confident. Like, hey, you know what? If if this guy doesn't have it going this night, then, you know, we know this guy's going to step up. Um, you know, I thought Nick Evans uh, on Sunday really stepped up and, and played a, a very good game. Certainly had a great first half uh, offensively. And I mean, Billy Billy White was in foul trouble. I mean, I think he only played like 12 minutes that game on Sunday. So, again, to have Billy out, to have Corey out, um, you know, especially Billy in the front court, which is unexpected. I thought Nick really stepped up and played a great game. And and that's kind of been the theme, man. You know, whether it's Gentry Thomas or Isaiah Tate or, or Evans or Denzel having a, a, a good game, um, it's, like I said, it's a nice problem
0: to have. There's no question about it. We'll get an update from you on Corey Allman in just a minute, but another player that uh, jumped out at me in Game 2, there were so many, but was Jahi Carson. And the reason I say that is I saw a post that he put on his Instagram, and uh, he wasn't overly pleased with his personal performance in Game 1. He was happy with the win, but he was almost challenging himself to be better in Game 2. And, and I thought that he certainly was. Uh, what did he bring to the floor? Because obviously he's key, in particular with Corey Almondow.
1: Yeah, Jaw was was pretty good in in the second game. Uh, You know, he's still kind of finding his his rhythm a little bit. He's kind of finding his way a little bit. I mean, he missed a lot of the training camp, um, you know, or a decent part of the training camp with a concussion and obviously missed the first few games. And I think he's still just trying to find his rhythm a little bit out there. Now, Jahi being as talented as he is, uh, you know, he finds other ways to contribute to the team if he doesn't necessarily have it, you know, really going uh, offensively. I mean, he was just so good at creating shots for other guys. I know we found Isaiah Tate two or three times on open three-point looks. He had a couple great drop-off passes for dunks to, like, Nick Evans and, and uh, you know, Denzel. He had an incredible behind-the-back pass in transition. I mean, Jahi is going to have an impact on the game. Uh, you know, he's one of the most talented guys in the league. And he found a way to have an impact on Sunday. And that was the most minutes he had played in a game this year. He played – played about 40 minutes uh, on Sunday's game. And what I'm trying to do is, is get him caught up to speed a little bit and, and just kind of have him find his rhythm and flow. And and he absolutely will here. Um, but, yet yeah, still, always having a, a positive impact on, on the game.
0: Another guy, positive impact, you've mentioned his name already. But I know in the preseason, Coach, you know, you talked about all your guys and it's a team game and everybody's got to pull the rope together. But Isaiah Tate, what can you say about him? through the first five games i mean he's been great off the bench in game two on sunday pouring in a game high 24 points uh maybe just a couple of words about what isaiah is bringing to this team right now
1: yeah he had a great game sunday i mean he had, he had 17 on on friday too uh isaiah has brought a level of consistency i think that's kind of unmatched by by really anybody else that that's uh you know right now on our roster i mean He has come off the bench and he's playing anywhere from from 20 to to 30, 32 minutes a game. And, and, I mean, he's just producing. I mean, his numbers don't lie. It's incredible uh, the rate that he's shooting the ball, especially from three. Um, You know, Isaiah is one of the the quieter guys on our team. He just kind of goes in and does his job. And, I mean, for us to be getting – he's averaging about 20 a game right now uh, through our first five games. To get that production off the bench – Night in, night out is absolutely huge uh, when you pair that with as talented of a starting five as that we have. So, you know, I said in the newspaper yesterday, um, you know, Isaiah can start on any team in this league, you know, including ours. And, uh, you know, he's, he, I think he's kind of accepting this role, this kind of sixth man. And, and uh, he has just been really, really good to start this season. And, and I certainly hope to, to see it continue.
0: I know someone that was uh, watching from the sideline with much anticipation and was being the general that he is, even though he wasn't on the floor, was Corey Allman. Uh, what can you tell us about Corey's rehab and uh, a hopeful return for him?
1: Uh, Corey looks looks pretty good. Uh, you know, his ankle looks pretty good. We've actually, this morning, we've activated him uh, for this weekend's upcoming game. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, um, you know, how practice goes, you know, like tomorrow and, and Thursday, how it's really feeling. He may be a little bit limited. We may, you know, cut his minutes down a little bit uh, this weekend. But, uh, you know, it does look like he's going to be in the lineup for uh, Friday,
0: Saturday. And there's nothing like a loss to make a return trip back home long and tedious, especially when you're on a plane and you're flying back from another province. But the flip side of it is there's nothing like a doubleheader sweep to uh, make that mood quite jovial. What was the trip back like, Coach? What was the mood like when you guys were traveling back for the weekend?
1: yeah it was you know that's funny we had a, we had a really early flight on monday morning we had you know we were leaving our hotel at 4 a.m um you know to catch a 5:30 a.m flight so uh, you know no one none, none of our guys are are real big morning people including myself i'm probably the biggest culprit <laughs> of not being a morning guy um you know but it was it was nice you know we actually uh you know, we all went out to dinner as a group um, after the game on Sunday. And it was just, you know, it was, it was a really cool time. It was just a really great feeling. We were all just – we were at the same – this big table. We went to – just down to Boston Pizza there, um, you know, on, just off George Street. And we just hung out for a while, and everyone was in a great mood. And, and I'm kind of thinking to myself, I wonder how everybody's going to be feeling at, you know, 4 a.m. tomorrow morning in the lobby of the hotel. And, you know, I almost took a photo – Uh, of the lobby the next morning because the guys, it was like no big deal, man. Hey, it's 4 a.m. It's all good. You know, we're feeling good about this trip. And it was a very, very smooth trip back. I mean, I was walking into my house at about five minutes to to 10 a.m. yesterday morning. Um, So, no, it it was a good trip. And it's certainly a good feeling when you go out and you accomplish uh, what we set out to do that weekend and, and really what no other team has done. Uh, in the NBL.
0: Now, when we talked last week, you did say that obviously it was a business trip and that uh, you would have a tight rein on the guys, yourself included, uh, until the job was done on Sunday. Well, the job did get done on Sunday. You did get the sweep. And then uh, I happened to see uh, a picture on social media of a certain coach, Joe Salerno, and an assistant, Elvin Mims, getting screeched in, coach. So... I've got to ask you, what was that experience like?
1: <laughs> it was an experience. Well, I mean, there's no no doubt about it. Uh, we were actually at, uh, oh boy, I'm going to forget the name of the restaurant. It's a restaurant that's kind of attached uh, on the lower level behind O'Reilly's Pub, uh, which I think is a pretty popular spot on George Street. And, you know, actually it was myself, our whole coaching staff, you know, we were sitting there just kind of uh, enjoying each other's company, hanging out for a little bit. And, and we actually had a uh, just this kind of random person walk right up to us and say, you know, how are we doing, boys? You know, I know you guys are from Moncton, and congrats on the, the weekend, and, you know, we want to get you screeched in. And I had heard about being screeched in. I, I knew there was something that had to do with catching a fish, and, and um, you know— I, I said, you know what? Let's do it. Let, let, we're having a great weekend, you know. Coach Mims, Elvin, he was a little, a little hesitant. It took a little while to coax him into doing it. Uh, and Mitch Rowley just wanted no part in it. I'm not doing it. It's not happening. Mitch was out, uh, <laughs> but it was. I mean, it was fun. It was a fun experience. Um, you know, I can, I can always say now that I've been screeched in in, in Newfoundland, and uh, no nah, man, it was, it was, it was interesting. And the guy who, you know. I, I feel bad, I forget his name now, that wanted us to, to be screeched in. He's kind of a local comedian there in St. John's, and he was just a great guy. And he was extremely persistent that, that we get screeched in, and they wanted to welcome us to Newfoundland. And uh, it was a really, really fun, pretty cool experience.
0: And for those that may not be aware, Coach, it is, you know, it's it's not just as simple as a pat on the back. You're an official Newfoundlander, kiss the cod, do a shot it's quite involved like there's a whole speech and stuff that you got to say right
1: there is there's this kind of long well i mean kind of long it's uh yeah a bit of a speech that you have to to kind of read and you have to say it in kind of new language i call it and uh you know it took me a solid 10 minutes to to memorize it. and it was only <laughs> about three lines right i mean it wasn't uh but kind of the twang in which it was said with and I mean, to, to this day, I still have no idea what I actually said, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was cool. You know, And there was a little, there was certainly a group that gathered around uh, the area and the bar there to, to watch the uh, kind of ceremony of being screeched in and uh, everyone was just having a, a great time with it. It was a lot of fun. And the fish's name was, uh, was Seamus O'Reilly. Uh, <laughs> and I was told he he had been, uh, you know, the, the fish uh, for about four and a half, five months now. So it was, it was, uh, it was interesting, but it was, it was great. It was a good time. I'm, I'm happy I did it. And, uh, you know, why not? Why not, uh, just an, enjoy where you're at and, and, uh, yeah, I won't do it again. I don't need to do it again. So, um, I'm, I'm pretty happy Elvin and I, uh, got reached in
0: oh, yeah, you don't need to do it again, and I certainly hope he had some chapstick on because who knows how many lips have kissed Seamus's fish lips there, Peach. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, kind of took one for the team there and uh, wanted to show the people in Newfoundland, I'm, hey, I'm on board. I, you know, you guys have been great to us. I'll uh, kind of honor some traditions here.
0: Now we'll move on to, in a sec, but I got to go back for one second. What is up with Mitch Rowley? backing out the ping-pong champion of the Moncton match wouldn't be screeched in what is up with that coach
1: you know I, I don't know I mean Mitch you know Mitch now Mitch doesn't drink uh Mitch Mitch doesn't drink alcohol at all um never has you know he's just just not part of his life he doesn't do that uh but you know they even offered him a um um you know, non-alcoholic screeching in ceremony and he wasn't having it. I don't know. He just, he didn't, he didn't want any part of it. Uh, I also know Mitch doesn't eat any seafood. So I don't know if that played a role in it at all. And being that close to a fish, I have, I have no idea, you know, but I I gave him a little bit of a hard time. Um, Actually, I remember we were in China, you know, this fall, you know, Mitch, uh, we were all taking these motorcycle cabs, and we it talked you know we had to talk Mitch into that a little bit hopping on the back of a motorcycle but he did it and he had a great time and he was taking motorcycle cabs the rest of the trip uh, but I don't know I, I couldn't get it done uh with the fish but hey it's all it's all good
0: well we'll, we'll have to work on Mitch I'm a, I'm originally from Newfoundland and Labrador so I'll see if I can I can twist his arm now something else coach you mentioned having to say it in kind of the uh, new finies, if you will. Uh, what are some sayings that you picked up over in St. John's? Because I know you and I were talking before we came on to do this podcast live, and there's a couple of uh, localisms you've picked up on. Uh, how you how you
1: getting on? I, I heard that numerous times. Uh, you know, I think people at, at a restaurant or a bar or people, you know, people knew we were with the magic. I mean, I felt like almost every person in town was at that game and we were just, you know, we were recognized by quite a few people and Oh yeah, buddy. How you getting on? You know, I mean, I heard that numerous times. Um, Oh, what else did I hear? Uh, Oh, me nerves. I think I just randomly heard <laughs> people saying that, um, you know, Oh, um, uh, what are you at? What are you yes. at? I heard. Yeah. What are you at? I heard that. A few times, I think it was just kind of like, you know, what what are you doing or what what are you up to? Um, but it was cool. I mean, it was fun. I tried to talk to as many people as I could, you know, just kind of local people because they're just so pleasant. And my favorite is talking to the cab drivers. I mean, by far, is, is the most interesting people to talk to in St. John's. And uh, all of them were were great. And I think I heard a lot of those kind of terms and sayings from, from those guys.
0: Well, see, the, the thing is, is that, when you say with the Newfoundland accent, and I'm a Newfoundlander, so I can I can pull it off most times. How's she getting on? What? Yeah. <laughs> and what do you at? There's, there's actually a, a very well known group from Newfoundland and Labrador, Great Big Sea. One of their first real kind of big hits that got them known to a wider audience was called What Are You At? What do you at? How's she going, buddy? What are you at today? <laughs> So when I see it when I see you on Friday, Coach, first thing I'm going to say to you is what he you asking? <laughs>
1: Yeah. There's no doubt you're you're a newbie. Um, but no, hey man, like I said, it was it was really cool, and that's why one of the reasons I love going over there so much is uh, you just get to meet different people, and they kind of have their own little culture over there, which is great, and um, just a, a really fun place to be.
0: And how about your matchups this coming weekend? Uh, return engagements against the Cape Breton Highlanders, and of course uh, a rematch with. The St. John's Edge, Cape Breton Friday, and the Edge on Saturday.
1: Uh, tough matchup, you know, no doubt. I mean, Cape Breton has, has showed uh, a lot of things in their first few games this year. You know, they're sitting at 2-2, two and two, but, I mean, they, they could really probably be 3-1 and one pretty easily. Um, the comeback win against KW last weekend, I mean, that, that just showed a lot of heart and a lot of character for them to come back. I think they were down 23, maybe even in the second half, and uh, they had about a 30-point swing in that game, and, um, you know, so that was impressive, and then you know, obviously they were you know kind of one three ball away from from beating london uh the other day, so hey, Cape Breton is the real deal i mean they're they're tough um you know i'm I'm hoping this game will be you know a little more a little less fouls and, and choppy, but um again, I mean it's it's almost kind of the style of basketball that that those guys are looking to play, they're willing to play. Um, and we have to, you know, be mentally tough through that, you know, mentally tough through the frustrations of, of maybe being fouled often and, or maybe, you know, a lot of whistles and and just stay focused on our, our plan. But, uh, you know, they got two guys right now that are just as hot as anybody in the league and Bruce Massey and Jamal Reynolds, uh, you know, the player of the week and Canadian player of the week last week. And, you know, we certainly have to put some things in place to kind of slow those guys down a bit. So Friday is, uh, Friday is going to be a really tough tough test for us and we certainly need to have a couple of good days of practice this week
0: something else that cape breton will have that they didn't have when they played you guys last week was uh, Zimmerman. uh what kind of a different wrinkle does he bring to the team and what kind of challenge will he present for you guys
1: uh i mean it'll be tough i mean you know take is is a is one of the better shooters in the league um you know if, if take one gets hot i mean he's gonna he's gonna knock down four five six threes on you so it's important that we you know, we do a job on him and we know what his strengths are and you know, we try to take that away from him a little bit. Uh yeah, you know, it's interesting, right? Because I mean both these teams, I mean the last time we played Cape Breton, uh, you know, we were without Corey Allman and Billy White. Um, you know, they were without Saquon Zimmerman. So, um I think Billy Billy for us, um, is kind of a big factor this weekend. You know, again the versatility that Billy has, he's able to small to defend you know, kind of smaller, quicker guys at times, but he can really punish you on the other end if you try to defend him with a smaller player. So uh, it's going to be nice having Billy in that lineup against Cape Breton this weekend, and, and obviously, you know, hopefully Corey, uh, Corey's ankles will enough to give us some some significant minutes too. So um, now, man, it, it should be a, it should be a great game. I know the guys are looking forward to getting back home and and uh, you know continuing just trying to play well.
0: I know coaches never like to look too far ahead and they never like to look uh, beyond one game to get to another. But I'll ask you this quickly. Obviously, two games against St. John's, they're going to be fresh in your mind. Uh, what things did you learn in those two games that you will put into play and think will help you on Saturday in uh, the rematch against the Edge?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, if. if... If we have to play a back to back this weekend, you know it's a it's nice that the second game is against the team that we've just played twice. It'd be you know much more difficult to play a team we hadn't seen at all this year uh to try to you know focus on Cape Breton and then' really only have an afternoon get the guy's heads around playing a different opponent so you know I mean, I think we learned a lot about the edge this weekend, you know I think there's the style they want to play uh you know what they do well, you know where we can try to take advantage of them uh but don't get me wrong, I mean the edge the edge can put up points very quickly um, and they have a lot of talent over on that team and I'm assuming you know they have a full week to prepare we're, we're their next game so they really don't have to be thinking about another opponent uh, I think they're only thinking about the magic and, and making their adjustments so you know uh, it's, it's a tough weekend you know, but every every game is tough so we, we have to really come prepared to play and just not be satisfied with, with what we've done thus far and, and that's kind of a common theme amongst some the guys
0: right now well, Coach, uh, after the 5-0 start in the latest power rankings from the NBLC, Moncton in their rightful place at top of the power rankings with that 5-0 start. I know there was a huge crowd, as you mentioned, at Mile 1 Center on the weekend. Uh, Coach, uh, let's hope that basketball fans in the greater Moncton and Dieppe area and uh, beyond, if they want to make the trip, come out to the Avenue Center because they're going to see some very good basketball. Coach, Good luck this week with your practice breaking down film. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on Friday. And uh, I can't wait to get to see you face-to-face and ask you, what are you at, coach?
1: (laughs) Okay, that sounds great, Scott. Look forward to seeing you this weekend
0: as well. All the best, sir. Thanks again for your time. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. That's coach Joe Salerno of the Moncton Magic. His team off to a very hot, 5-0 start. They're at the top of the rankings in the NBL standings-wise. In the recent power rankings, as mentioned, they are number one, and they've got a big weekend coming up. They're playing the Cape Breton Highlanders, Friday night, 7 p.m. Atlantic, at the Avenir Center. And then Saturday, a return engagement with the St. John's Edge. You know the Edge will be looking to get a little bit of revenge against the Magic after Moncton took 2 over at Mile One Center. So remember, folks, visit monktonmagic.ca, Get your tickets. Get out to the games on Friday and Saturday. You will not be disappointed. Thanks again to Coach Joe Salerno. I'm Scott Squires. This has been the Magic Time Podcast. Till next time, friends. If you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now.